Hello and welcome to the Cafe 1040 podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Dakota. And I'm Avery. And we are so thrilled for you to be joining us today. We have a special treat. Dakota, Lindsay, and myself got to sit down with our executive director here at Cafe 1040, Stephen. And we got to talk about mobilization. He's an awesome communicator, and we are super thrilled for you to hopefully be encouraged, as encouraged as, as I was, as we were. And what really stuck out to me was just that thought process of God is bigger than any statistic that we might face. So we hope you love it. Here it is. Stephen, it is so good to have you. Stephen is our executive director here at Cafe 1040. Basically, that means that he's everyone's boss. Um, but on a more real note, it means that he leads our organization in many different ways, spiritually, organizationally. And yeah, he really just casts and maintains vision for us as an organization and helps us to remember why we do what we do. So yeah, Stephen, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on. Excited to be a part of the conversation today. And I've been been with Cafe 1040 about 10 years now. And it was actually about 2010, Lord just got a hold of my heart for the nations, seeing the gospel reach unreached people groups specifically, and he hadn't, he hadn't let go since then. So I've been on staff for about 10 years now, I've done a number of different things, uh, worked real closely with our founder for the first seven or eight years, and then stepped into this role back in 2021. So excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you. So one of the things about Cafe 1040 is that we say that we are a mobilization organization, but a lot of people probably don't know what mobilization means. It's a very missions word, quote unquote. So what is mobilization, Stephen? Yeah, great question. And definitely one we get a lot because it's not necessarily a super well-known term. So talking about mobilization, let's pull it back just a little bit. What does the word even mean? And it has a lot to do with moving to action. Right. If you were to look up even even Webster's definition, it has to do with moving something to action. Actually, originally it was mostly used in military terms, mobilizing an army in, in the time of war. Um, Webster would say to prepare something or someone to spring into action to be put into use or put into motion. And so for us, we're talking about missions mobilization specifically or moving people to action as it relates to seeing the completion of the Great Commission. And we know Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations. He was referring to all the ethne or people groups of the world. And so our heart is to move people to action, to, to be a part of seeing the gospel reach every people group of the world. And so the definition that we use at Cafe 1040 that kind of captures the heart of what we do, we say mobilization is the process of helping individuals and churches hear, see, and do their role in the Great Commission. And that language of hear, see, and do, that's real common for us here. We're talking about exposure, talking about awareness and education, learning about God's heart for the nations, understanding what the Bible says about missions, the reality of unreached people groups. See has to do with encountering, actually seeing with your own eyes what it looks like to be among an unreached people group. But then most importantly, do, which has to do with engaging in the Great Commission finding your role. We believe everyone has a role in the Great Commission. We want to see everyone find that role and then move to action um, with whatever it is that God might be calling them to. So helping individuals and churches hear, see, and do their role in the Great Commission. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I, I really like how you mentioned, and we'll probably talk about it later, of how everyone has a role in the Great Commission. That's right. And I think that is sometimes people don't think that they have a place in that because they don't feel like they're called to move to India and do all these things and live in a village. But we really are, we all are called to be a part of the Great Commission. So I'm glad you brought that up. This is kind of a big question. Why is mobilization important? Why do we, why do we care about mobilization? Another, another great question, Dakota. Yeah, we, this is, this is the heart of CAFE 1040, right? Why mobilization? And, and when we were formed, it was, uh, we were formed around that reality I just shared. There are literally billions of people who live in the world right now where they have little to no access to the gospel. It's a big picture vision for Catholic and 40. We want to see disciples of Jesus among every people group. And currently there's somewhere around 7,000 unreached people groups consisting of those 3 billion people with little to no access to the gospel. And, and we want to see that change. So the question is how, like, how do we change that? And for us, that's where the, the answer was mobilization. There are lots of ways we could have been involved. We decided on, on mobilization and, and really the why of mobilization. There are five reasons I would say we said mobilization is the solution. Mobilization is the answer. Here are five things that I would say are what make mobilization really, really important. Um, number one, mobilization most specifically addresses that need. Right now, in light of the fact that there are 7,000 unreached people groups in the world, Joshua Project estimates, Joshua Project, who is a leader in missions, data, and research, they estimate um, that it's going to take something like 60 to 70,000 new missionaries to complete the task of seeing the gospel reach all the people groups of the world. 60 to 70,000 new missionaries. That, that's a big number. And if you think about the number of missionaries, it's not just the missionaries, it's how many people come along with those missionaries. Each of those missionaries is going to have some people along the way mobilizing them to that role of going overseas. Each of those missionaries is, is going to have people funding them and supporting them financially. Each of those missionaries is going to have people praying for them. And so if you think about the big picture of, of what we're talking about, to see uh, the gospel reach the ends of the earth, to see the Great Commission completed, it's a big task, and it's going to require mobilizing more missionaries. So right now, there are lots of great sending agencies out there. They do a great job of sending missionaries to the field. There are lots of great training organizations out there, but there's a little bit of a gap in the pipeline. It's that role of mobilization. Those people who are on the ground working with the next generation, helping them through this journey, figuring out if they're going to be involved in missions or not. And so mobilization, number one, mobilization addresses that specific need, the need for more workers on the field. Yeah. Number two, we talk about this a lot. We believe that mobilization is biblical. This wasn't just something we created here in, in the 2000s. Mobilization is biblical. And, and I could give a lot of examples on this, but I'm going to hone in on one specific example. And that's the example of Paul. So Paul, he's, he's known really as the first great missionary to unreached people groups. He was the first one to go on those missionary journeys and, and preach the gospel and proclaim the good news to people in places who had never heard it before. But what often gets overlooked is that Paul was also an amazing mobilizer. And throughout many of these missionary journeys, he was always bringing people along with him on that journey, coaching them up, teaching them, and then often he would send them out on their own. 
And so just a few examples we see, even in the beginning of the very first missionary journey, Paul bought, brought Barnabas and John Mark with him in Acts 13. A few chapters later in Acts 15, we see Silas come along and join Paul on his missionary journey. In Acts 16, we get introduced to Timothy, who we know later became a great leader in the church. In 2 Timothy, a few different people are mentioned, Tychicus and Mark. I love, I love this verse here, 2 Timothy 4.11. Paul says this, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. So yet another person he brought along. And then even just a few more names, Erastus, Trophimus, Eubulus, Pudens, Linus, and Claudia are just a few of the names of people that Paul um, interacted with and brought with him on his missionary journeys and ultimately were then used by God to uh, serve among unreached people groups. So number two, we believe that mobilization is biblical. I feel like we think a lot about Paul as like this iconic first great missionary, but it really does put it in perspective of he was also the first great mobilizer. He was bringing people alongside him in the work that he was doing, which is so ties so closely into just what we do as believers with discipleship of telling someone, hey, I have found this hope in Christ. Come along with me as we like walk in that. And we get to do that also when it comes to missions of- That's right. We, we get to help and walk alongside those who are exploring missions. And, you know, that's a lot of our heart in mentorship. Just mentorship and mobilization go so hand in hand. Totally agree. The best way to mobilize is to bring people along with you in the journey as you're out proclaiming the good news, as you're out making disciples. So a great word there. All right, number three, this is something we've seen for years and years and years, and that is this simple truth that mobilization often births calling. And so it's amazing what happens when you take someone who is in a season of life where they're exploring what God might have for them, exploring uh, their calling, asking God, Lord, where do you want to use me? How can you use the, the skills, talents, and gifts that you've given me specifically for the glory of your name? And as people experience what we described earlier with the, the hear, see, and do process of mobilization, through that process, um, it's amazing and beautiful how, how callings start to, to emerge forth. Now, were they called in the first place or not called? That's a, another conversation for another day. But, but all I know is what I've watched for years as young adults give themselves the process of hearing, seeing, and doing their role in the Great Commission, God tends over and over and over again to make that really clear to them. And so through this process of hearing and, and even learning for the first time and getting educated on God's heart for the nations and realities of the world, seeing with their own eyes what it looks like to live in some of these places, what it looks like to work amongst unreached people groups. Uh, but again, then most importantly, as they start to actually do the work of engaging in the Great Commission, whatever their role might be, through that process, it's amazing how God uses that to begin to clarify, yes, you're, 
I'm calling you to go be an overseas missionary to this place amongst these people. Or, hey, I'm calling you to, to stay stateside and to mobilize others, to sound the alarm, to raise awareness, to help others get to the field. Or, or for some, hey, I'm calling you to be a really successful business person and, and to be blessed with resources that you then bless others with and help them get to the field. Again, we see this over and over and over again. Um, mobilization is so powerful, so important. Because uh, it births calling in people as they give themselves to the work of the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Number four, we believe mobilization helps people overcome obstacles. And so when I when I talked about the the definition of mobilization helping individuals and churches here see do their role, that helping piece is a big part of it. And so if you think about what it takes, specifically if I were to talk about someone who's going to move overseas as a long-term missionary, you guys know this. If you're someone who's considering missions right now, you probably know this. There are so many obstacles that can get in the way, so many things that could keep you um, from stepping in to that, that role, even sometimes if you sense that this is what God's calling you to. Even if you sense, yes, this is what God has for me, there are still so many obstacles that get in the way. And so part of the, the, the power of mobilization, the value of mobilization, is having someone who's just a little bit further along, who's maybe experienced some of the things that you haven't experienced before, come alongside you, put their arm around you, and, and journey with you as you figure out, God, what, what is it that you have for me? You know, if you're listening to this podcast today, you are probably someone who's asking the question, God, how are you going to use me? I, I, I want to be involved in some way. You've, you've given me certain skills, talents, gifts. How can I use those for the glory of your name, for the advancement of your kingdom? And it's so helpful to have someone just a little bit further along um, to help you process through some of those questions. Maybe share a little bit of their experience, a little bit of the mistakes they've made, maybe challenges they've overcome to help you identify what those obstacles are and ultimately overcome those obstacles, especially if you're a 20 something and you're exploring missions. I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of things that are going to be pushing you in a different direction. A lot of things that are going to pull you away from a potential call to the mission field. So valuable, so important to have somebody journeying alongside you as you go through that exploration process. So number, number four, mobilization helps people overcome obstacles. I could not agree more. I have like personally experienced both through Cafe 1040 and also just others in my life of watching how they walk through different obstacles or knowing that they've gone through different things in their journey, whether it is learning how to support race. That's a huge one. Learn how to talk to your parents about it, learning how, and you know, all of that with family, that's a huge obstacle for a lot of people. And so being able to have someone to go to and be like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this part of wanting to go live overseas and having someone be like, I've seen this before. You're not alone. This is how it's been done in the past. This is how we can walk in faith through this That's obstacle. Right. Amen. Yeah. Sometimes it's just someone saying, you're not crazy. Because the world right. will tell you, if you're considering missions, again, if you're listening to this today and you're considering missions, your parents, maybe even your pastors, certainly your friends, they are looking at you like you're crazy for considering something <laughs> like this. Um, and it's really helpful to have someone say, no, you're not crazy. 
Um, look, look at what I've experienced. Let me walk through this with you. In fact, you're the opposite of crazy. Uh, you're giving your life to, to perhaps the, the, the greatest thing you could possibly be giving your life to, which is seeing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the story of Jesus, and, and getting to share that with people who've never heard it before. There are people right now who don't know that Jesus died for them and made a way for them to have eternal life. And unless something changes, they're not going to have a chance to hear that story. And so giving your life to that, is, the, uh, is there anything better? Of course, there's going to be challenges and issues along the way, but you're not crazy. I promise you're not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's reassuring just for people listening to hear right now is like, you're not alone. You're not crazy for feeling called to this. There, there's a reason that you feel this. Despite the many people that might be telling you you're crazy. All right. And then number five, we believe uh, mobilization is so strategic. Um, again, I mentioned earlier that the, the need that's out there, the 60 to 70,000 uh, missionaries estimated by Joshua Project to see the gospel reach the ends of the earth. Um, and there's just, the, we, we call it sometimes the genius of mobilization or the power of mobilization. And, and what I'm going to share with you, I want to illustrate a picture for, for the power of mobilization. And, and a lot of this, this is just math. Okay, so, so, so hang with me here. Um, but the, the, the beautiful picture that we see when we apply mobilization. And so if you can just kind of create in, in your mind here a theoretical world where if, if I said a mobilizer is someone who's going to for one year invest in four people. And at the end of that year, their hope is those four people either go as a missionary or stay and mobilize. One of those two things. And so this mobilizer invests in those four people for one year. And then the next year, whoever the goers were, they, they actually go. And then the stayers or, or the mobilizers, they join that person in the next year. They also find four people to invest in with the vision of those people either going or sending. If we were to create that theoretical world of, of this is what a, what a mobilizer could do. And then let's say mobilizer A, we'll call her Sally. Say Sally invests in four people and Sally is super persuasive. She's really intelligent. She's a great communicator. She casts great vision. And she's a really fantastic mobilizer. And that first year, um, she, she mobilizes up to four people that she's working with. Three of them say, yes, I want to go be a long-term missionary. And one of them says, hey, I'm going to stay with you and be a mobilizer as well. And so that next year, now we've got two of those people. And, and let's say those ratios kind of continued the same. Those two people each invest in four people. And of those four, three go as long-term missionaries and one stays. So that next year, now we've got four mobilizers. After eight years, do you want to know how many missionaries have been sent as the result of the work of that one Sally, that one mobilizer? 765 new missionaries. Wow. Right now, how amazing is that? That's that's awesome. But let, let's take it a step further. Let's say we got another mobilizer. We'll call we'll call this one Johnny. And let's say Johnny, like he is, he has a fire and a passion for this work as well. But as he's talking, he doesn't have quite as many people that say yes to going overseas. And, and let's say Johnny, of the four people he invests in, three of them stay to mobilize, and one of them goes as a long-term missionary. And then again, let's say those ratios stay the same. So those three join Johnny in year two. They each invest in four people. 
of those four, three more stay to mobilize, one goes overseas. Do you want to know how many missionaries are sent after eight years? 21,845 missionaries. Whoa. 21,845 missionaries. Now, some of you are just saying that's just math and that's not real life. And, and you're <laughs> right. Okay. It's just math. But it illustrates for me a picture of the power, the potential of what mobilization can be, what mobilization can do. Um, beyond those 21,845 missionaries, the work of that one mobilizer, Johnny, also resulted in 65,000 new mobilizers as well in just eight years. And so when we talk about and dream about mobilization and we ask the question, why mobilization? Like, why are we giving ourselves to this? Um, that is a, it's a big part of it. The power and the genius of mobilization. There's a famous quote, Ralph Winter has said this a few different times, and we, we use this one a lot around here at Cafe 1040. He said, wouldn't it be better to awaken a hundred sleeping firemen than to hopelessly throw your own little bucket of water on the huge fire yourself? Uh, mm -hmm. There is a vast collection of people uh, in the U.S. and certainly all over the world that are passionate for Jesus, want to see his kingdom advanced, want to proclaim his, his gospel, but they need a little help to get there. They need a mobilizer to come along and help them in their journey. Um, and that's why we believe mobilization is so important. So those are for us. We could talk about this a long time. We're pretty passionate about mobilization at Cafe 1040, as you could imagine. Um, but if we were narrowed down really five reasons why we believe mobilization is, is so important, uh, those would be the five. Stephen, I'd love to hop in here real quick and ask you a question. So this is all great, right? Like this sounds fantastic. We love the math. Everything you just said is sounds wonderful. Boiling it down to maybe our just kind of average listener right now say they're might they might be in school so a young adult who who is getting excited about this how do they take a good first step towards mobilizing themselves where where they're at yes um, another great question in terms of our, our first step I, I i encourage people just to get started somewhere and, and 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 you know depending on your context and where you are you know, start with your church. We, we always encourage you to start with your church. And is there a missions pastor, a senior pastor you can start talking to uh, about missions? Um, certainly, we would love to connect with you at Cafe 1040. We've got people whose full-time job is to connect with young adults and help them take that first next step. For some people, it's simply praying, you know, praying for the nations. There are lots of resources out there, specifically at Joshua Project, where you can start praying for an unreached people group every day. You could, you could pick a specific people group and just track along with them and, and start praying for them, even finding missionaries that serve with them, maybe even supporting them financially. There are lots of, of resources out there in terms of small group Bible studies where you can do a deeper dive into, the, into what the Bible says about missions. But I would encourage everyone to just take that first step, start moving in the direction of engaging with unreached people groups in some way and continue to have an open heart to what God might have for you. We've said this earlier and we'll say it again. We all have a role to play, right? There's so many different ways to be involved. And, you know, as, as was mentioned earlier today, oftentimes when we think about missions, we think, okay, I'm not, 
I don't, I don't feel yet called to go be a missionary, you know, in, in, in these like foreign places or go to India and serve among the people there. So, so maybe that's not for me. And, and we can often then think, okay, that's, that's for the missions people. Those are the missions people. I'm not them. And so I'll let them do the missions thing and I'll, I'll do my thing here. And I think what I, I want to encourage and, and, and remind everyone is um, we're all missions people. Right? We're all great commission people. Uh, Jesus gave the great commission to all of us not just a select few. And there's so many ways to be involved. Welcome internationals, fund missionaries, um, raise awareness, mobilize others, get involved in your local church. So many ways you can be involved right now, no matter your stage of life. You could be a high schooler, you could be a college student, you could be a retiree. So many ways to get involved. Take that first step and see what it could look like for you to play a small role in seeing the gospel reach other people groups. Yeah, and thinking through kind of this conversation surrounding missions, and you've alluded to this, you know, oftentimes I feel like a lot of people look at the Great Commission and say, all right, the way to get involved is by picking up my life and moving abroad somewhere and being a goer, a missionary myself. What would you say to someone who who really does just believe that this is the only real way to get involved with the Great Commission and hit a little bit more on why mobilization is such an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. There, we, we actually have this conversation a lot because that is a common perception. It's like, that is the way. Go be a missionary. And there are so many, so many other ways. Oftentimes it starts with discipleship. Right. The, we, we actually use the, the phrase here on Cafe 1040. Mobilization is simply good discipleship. But that, mm. that's all it is. It's just good discipleship. It's, it's seeing what uh, the Bible has to say about missions. Again, missions isn't for this select few. It's not for the missions people. The entire Bible is the story of God's mission in the world. The entire Bible is the story of, of this people, God's people being formed to be in relation with him and participate in his mission of redeeming all the peoples of the earth. It's the whole Bible. It's about this. And so we, we all play a role. We all have something to do in this journey and, and start small, start simple, try and figure out what it looks like for you to be engaged, to, to play a role. That sometimes the idea of getting overseas is big and, and it's scary, and, and you might even get called to that some point down the road. Um, but it certainly is, I think, a, a miss if we just assume that that's the only way. And you know, I love and, and when I was sharing some of the stats earlier. If Joshua Project says that there are sixty to seventy thousand missionaries needed to complete the task, I love to also think about all the people that are going to come along those sixty to seventy thousand to make that happen. And again, let me let me just toss out some quick numbers for you. Even if we just said every one of those missionaries is there are going to be like three, four, or five people along their journey to mobilize them. Right, that's three to five mobilizers for every one missionary. If I'm super conservative and, and said maybe like 30 to 40 people supporting them financially for every missionary to get there, probably going to require a lot more, but we'll just say 30 to 40. And, and then if I said every missionary that's going to the field would like to have somewhere around 100 people praying for them while they're on the field, okay, let's just do some math real quick 60 to 1,000 missionaries. 300,000 mobilizers, 1.5 million funders, and 6 million prayers is what's needed for us to complete the task. 
Wow. And so there's so many other ways to be involved. Will you be one of those six million prayers? <laughs> Will you join the team of a missionary on the field and and not casually, you know, mention them in, in, in your thoughts and prayers, but intentionally, passionately, fervently intercede for them as they're doing the work on the field? Any of us, even if it's $25 a month, can support a missionary and help them get to the field. It's not just the missionaries. It's all these other people that are um, doing what we call holding the rope for them uh, while they're on the field, helping them to get there. So much need, so many ways to get involved. Man, I love that perspective you just shared. Because, yeah, you know, it, it seems big. Oh, we need 60,000, was it, new missionaries. That seems huge and daunting. And, you know, what can I you know, how can I even do anything about that? But boiling it down to, all right, let's just take one step, right? You know, one person taking one step, I can pray. You know, I, everyone can pray. You know, maybe maybe I'm not in a place where I can move overseas right now. Maybe that's sure. never going to be going to be real, but I can pray or I can get involved in one of these one of these ways. So what what beautiful perspective and a great reminder for all of us. So Stephen, something that we say a lot is that our focus is to mobilize the next generation to tell the story of Jesus where it's never been told. Why do we focus on the next generation specifically? Because there's lots of people who may be more accessible, definitely more uh, financially stable than the next generation of Gen Z at this point. So why, why do we focus on the next generation specifically? Well, it's certainly not because they're the only ones who can be mobilized. It's certainly not because they're the only ones that should be missionaries. In fact, there are, yeah, there are, are plenty of people who, you know, beyond their, their 20s sense a calling and, and move overseas as missionaries. In fact, I, I have a dear friend who's exploring what it could look like for people who, once they retire, look at serving on the field. So anyone and everyone can be involved. But for us, what we have found is we do believe that 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 critical season of life in college and right out of college, we work specifically with 18 to 29 year olds. It's such a critical formational season. And for lots of people is this time when they are exploring and trying to figure out what it is that God is calling them to. And so we would say that that specific demographic, 18 to 29 year olds, is, is perhaps the most mobilizable population because right they are in a season where they are actively exploring God. What what do you want to do with me? How are you going to use me? How can my degree, how can my job, how can my skills be used? They're actively asking those questions and exploring those questions. It also happens to be a season in life where there are less obstacles in the way. As you come out of college, oftentimes there are less financial burdens, you know, having quite stuff like mortgages and, and things like that, that are, you know, um, things you can overcome, but, but they're things you have to overcome to, to get to the field. For a lot of the people who are in that season of life, it's a bit easier to pack up and move overseas and explore what it's like uh, to be a long-term missionary. And so that, for, for us, number one, that's one of the biggest reasons. We just look at this next generation, and right now, this Gen Z. And, and, and at Catholic and 40, we get so excited about Gen Z because the, the, the opportunity there, the passion, the potential is amazing. So many, and again, if you're listening to this podcast today, you are probably asking the question, where do I fit? What's my personal role? And that's a question a lot of Gen Z is asking right now is what is my role and how can I be used? And that's a question we love to, to come alongside them and help them answer. 
And so we believe there is so much potential, millions and millions of young adults who genuinely love Jesus and want to use their talent, skills, and abilities for the glory of his name are, are out there exploring what this could look like. And, and we want to help them get there. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest reason why we focus on this next generation. We just believe that they have the ability to actually complete the Great Commission. And if they give their lives to this work, I think it'd be amazing what we could see. That's such an encouraging thing to hear. I want to like repeat that statement of like, we believe that this next generation has the ability to complete the Great Commission, which can seem almost a little daunting in a way because we hear of all the statistics of how the, there's so many unreached, yet at the same time, there is a certain passion and drive and hunger in this generation that those who are committed to Christ are really committed and they right. want others to know him. And that's just such a, a beautiful way to encourage this generation. This has been just such a good time to listen and be encouraged by what you've said. So Stephen, what is the last thing you want to say as we come to a close here? I think my final word, again, if you are in that college season or right out of college and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed as you're, you're, you're asking the question, God, what could this look like? A couple things I want to say to you. Number one, I just want you to hear, we believe in you. Like you have what it takes. If you are a follower of Jesus, um, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You are enough. You have what it takes. And, and I just want to say as loudly and clearly as I can, if you've got some of the, the fears coming in or anxieties that are crippling you as you look forward into how God might use you, we believe in you and we believe that you have what it takes. You're enough through the power of the Holy Spirit to be used by God in some way. And then and, and number two, my, my, my encouragement is take a step. Just take a step. It can be small. It can be simple, but get involved in, in some way. Don't let some of the, the, the grandeur of the mission, the, the big size, the, the largeness of this mission overwhelm you. Take a step. Get involved in some way. Start small. Every little bit, every role we all play helps contribute to doing the very work that Christ has called us to do. And so whatever step that might be, take that step and don't let fears um, or worries or anxieties keep you from doing that. God wants to use you for beautiful things. He has given you specific talent, specific gifts, specific skills um, that he is going to use for the glory of his name and for the advancement of his kingdom. And so take a step and allow him to use those things. That, that'd be my biggest encouragement for those listening today. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for talking with us. And just, it's obviously very clear in how you speak about mobilization that this is a real passion of your heart that the Lord has placed in you. And as as someone who works under your leadership, it is very encouraging to just hear how passionate you are about this thing that we're all passionate about here at Cafe 1040. But even though I've heard you talk about all these things before, it's just such a sweet reminder of like, 
yes, like this is our rallying cry. Like this is why we do what we do because we believe that the next generation can complete the great commission through yeah. the power of the Holy spirit and that we just get to be a small part of that. So thank you so much for just coming and sharing with us and sharing with all the people listening. And yeah. Of course. Well, thanks so much for having me on today. It's been great. Thanks, David. Thank you.